Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are Jill's Journals Out Loud. I'd like to say, I hope you're having a fabulous day whenever you're listening to this. I'm going to be tackling something that's going to feel, I think, all over the place, but that's kind of the point as we get to what I hope will be a conclusion that starts to make sense if you haven't thought about these things already. But before we do that, I believe today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Uh, We are sitting on the precipice of all kinds of things happening out in the world that are wildly out of our control. And That's what led me to the part of the title that said Pinball Wizard. Uh, You know, I'm calling this Global Grooming and the Pinball Wizard because to me, that's what it feels like that's happening. And so I wanted to address that in a way that's a little bit different than the conversation we had in the last podcast about comparing autism to the wired for danger brain. So if you're brand new, and there are a few people who signed up. So if you're listening, welcome. Uh, The whole point of all of this that I've been trying to do with us here is really create what I like to call at this point, a touchstone to try to just find a way to get centered and bring us back to a calm place. So if you were looking at the analogy of a pinball game, before you pull the the hand, the whatever lever back and release the ball out into the chaos of the world there's a moment where you can take a deep breath kind of calm down recenter and regroup before you head back out into the chaos of what our world has become which feels a lot like being a pinball right just being banged around and the direction of your life feels very out of control. And I don't know about you, it's not so much as my physical life feels out of control, but every time I try to look at what's going on out in the world, it feels a lot like a pinball, right? Like you're being bounced around with all these different crazy, humongous ideas being yelled at us, look at this, look at this, look at this, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. But if we could step back for just a moment on the grander overview of all of it without putting energy into what it is itself, it really is very similar to a grooming process. So that's where the title came from. If you're not familiar with grooming, what's a term that's used Uh, for adults who groom children into uh, sexual abuse. And what's fascinating about that process itself, and most of us who have not been, or most people who haven't been exposed to that probably didn't know that term until we're talking about it in the public now because it's happening so publicly. I think it's important to recognize it's not just for that single thing. Grooming is really the process of moving you in a direction. And part of that moving you in direction is creating a lot of chaos. And that's what that pinball feeling is. And that, the, at, you know, out of the, the box, right, separate from being inside the pinball chaos, uh, part of the, I don't want to call it machine, but, you know, the, the, the box or whatever, is the wizard, right? Who's grooming you? Who's the wizard that's trying to be on top and outside controlling it all? 
And is it a good guy? Is it a bad guy? Or is it us? You know, these are the big questions, the abstract questions. Uh, And the practical, like we're getting thrown around like we're a ball that has no control. And it can be exhausting, which is part of that. How do I come back, take a break, refocus, and move forward? So that's kind of the visual I wanted to create uh, before we get started here in terms of this idea. And uh, what I wanted to say before we go further is when I talked about the autism, you know, the real conversation between Jordan Peterson and Temple Grandin were these ideas of thinking. One thinks in mostly in words, uh, Jordan Peterson, and he's very verbal, he's very intellectual. Uh, Temple Grandin thinks in pictures, meaning uh, what flashes behind her eyes, right, is a picture, not a word. And she collects the pictures to create information. Uh, And as I was listening to all this, I started to realize that I don't, uh, you know, another way that we collect information, and this is probably the one I am most dependent on, is feeling. And, uh, you know, I call it reading the energy and how we're all collecting information through a combination of these many, many ways of our five senses, of our past, our belief, our culture. Uh, And now, just before I uh, came on to make this podcast, I just read an article how they're able to track the way we think and that people who are politically left or right have extremely similar neural processing patterns. Now, the way that you create a neural pattern is by repeated exposure. Uh, the way I used to describe it, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm, uh, I, I say I used to be a social worker. I'm still a therapist. I still have my license. But uh, the way I would explain it to people is that when you introduce a new idea, uh, it's like if you're outside in the sand and it's completely smooth. And that first new idea, that little trickle of water, barely makes a dent in the sand. But if you have that same thought over and over and over again, it becomes a little bit indented, and then it becomes uh, deep enough so that the water doesn't go anywhere but down that one line. And given enough time, you can create a canyon. You know, you think about the Grand Canyon, and it there was a lot of water that that went along that path that created that level of depth. Uh, and those are our hardcore beliefs, and that's the way our brain works. We have neural processes that when you repeat an idea over and over and over again, you create a very steady pathway. And that makes a lot of sense, right? When you say, you know, I'm thirsty, I'm going to go get water. There's a very simple process, right? You get up, you go get water. Whereas uh, I've been having an issue with my truck battery. Uh, That's been new information. And so I've had, I don't have an established neural pathway for that. I have to gather information. I have to collect data. Uh, I have to create a new pathway because I don't have a history other than, you know, the car needs a battery. And once upon a time, I 
set it on fire because metal clicked someplace it wasn't supposed to click, right? So we all know a little bit that we have car batteries and they need to work. But I didn't have, and now I know more about volts than I ever want to, you know, volts, amperage, all this other stuff that goes along with the car battery. And that was a new neural pathway. Well, one of the ways that you mess with people is you create a lot of chaos. And that's the pinball reference, right? Because there's so much information coming at us from so many different sources. It feels, at least to me, a lot like being uh, the pinball, just being tossed around and desperately trying to grab at something that feels like a familiar neuro pathway, right? A familiar way home, something that's consistent, something that doesn't make me feel insane, something that doesn't shock me, something that doesn't derail me, you know, pun intended, as we just had that uh, train derailment creating all kinds of problems. And so one of the, you know, new things now, right, is they're introducing all this UFO stuff, trying to, again, jerk our attention away from what we know into a lot of things we don't know, creating a lot of chaos to be part of this control process, this grooming process about funneling us into a new way of fear, creating a new neural pathway that's very fear intensive, that makes you afraid and more likely to say, I can't do this anymore. You know, someone's going to come and rescue me, right? There's going to be an external source that's going to come and rescue me and make the chaos stop. And that's the grooming process, right? That's setting it up for something or someone to come in that you on any other day would have said no to because you're slowly being conditioned to be, uh, to make, uh, The grooming is pushing, pushing, pushing you past what you're comfortable with into the direction that the groomer wants you to go. And, you know, with children, it's an inappropriate touching. You know, everything in them is saying no, but they're being groomed through whatever means being used to accept that as a yes. And we're being moved along in the very same way. We're in the process of being a global grooming process to make us accept things that are really not good for us. And that really has always been my human conversation. It's not rocket science. We have a blueprint and a design to feel good, right? We have a way to be in the world where we could be healthy and happy and comfortable. There's enough for everybody, but we don't have that because you know, fill in the blank. And so it's sort of this constant process, right, of information gathering, trying to make decisions. Uh, We all think in a different way, but yet we have similarities with certain people who think like us. Uh, We have conflict with people who don't think like us. We think we're right about the way we think. And, you know, we're all just doing the best we can. And I bring that up because... Uh, yesterday, you know, when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk with you, I, you know, I've been doing the research on the psychopathy, and I don't want to talk about that just yet, because, um, you know, the psychopath 
is the opposite of everything that we're trying to do here, which means really, you know, do the right thing. Wired for Danger is really the hero, not the villain in all of this, although there's a fine line between those two. And it's not, so it's it's one of those things that that uh, is really interesting, and it's one of those things that uh, it's good to know a little bit about because the psychopath is most likely in the grooming category, doing the grooming about uh, trying to get you maybe in a direction you wouldn't normally go, but it isn't who we really are. And so when we spend a lot of time and attention looking at something that really isn't of value other than uh, don't go in that direction, right? How much more information do you need? And that takes me back to the podcast two days ago. How are we getting our information about what we need in the first place? And and not recognizing, for the most part, how differently we're all bringing information in to our realm. And I uh, was when I was uh, looking at headlines, you know, that one of the things I do in the morning is, you know, check in, see if the world has blown up, anything exciting has happened. Uh, and I started thinking about all the different headlines and news stories and events and which ones do I personally gravitate towards. Uh, and I think that's a really good exercise for all of us, like which ones really catch your attention And the reason why I think that has value is it really shows you where you are in this great big mixed bag of soup with the realization that there's all kinds of other things going on and we can't know about all of it and we can't do anything about most of it, but yet all of it is competing for your attention uh, and much the same way I am. And I feel really frustrated by that because there's so much information. There's so many people talking. There's so much out there. So I was looking at the headlines and, uh, you know, there's the thing, the chemical spill in Ohio. There's the nuke situation, you know, with Russia, like just bated breath. There's the UFO thing. There's, you know, more political scandal. But the the two that caught my attention, and this always, you know, shows you who you are, was that teen girl suicide is like, thinking about suicide is 30%. 30% of young girls are considering suicide. And the second one that caught my attention was the military is having a really hard time getting recruits. And the two top reasons that people don't want to go into the military is they don't want to die and they don't want mental illness. They don't want PTSD. And I thought that's fascinating, right? You have one group that's thinking about death more than ever. And suicides among children on boys and girls is rising like crazy. But yet you have this other group who's afraid to die and doesn't want to go into the military because they don't want to have uh, uh, an early death. They don't want to be mentally ill. And so you've got these two uh, opposing forces. But I think the reality is, is that there's 
a lot of people thinking about this stuff, right? Because young men didn't used to think, I'm going to go into the military and die. They used to go into the military, not, you know, a lot of people do it because they didn't have a choice. But, but you know, the, the general assumption was that, you know, young men went into the military because they wanted to serve their country. They wanted to do the right thing. Uh, you know, that would be in my uh in a uh, generalized way, uh, you know, the people I'm looking for, the Wired for Danger people, would more, more, more likely be part of that group that wanted to go into the military. They like the excitement. They like the danger. They like the fight. And, you know, what they're finding is that there's people who don't want to fight and they don't have that push to get in and do what most people before them thought was what they would call the right thing, right? Defend the country. And and so, you know, I bring all this up because it feels like, like I told you, it would be a big soup of a lot of information and a lot of data. Uh, and it's so easy to get lost in that. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to give you the example of the battery thing, right? So uh, the other day or two weeks ago or a week ago, however long it's been, you know, I... Uh, I'm still in Yuma. I'm still in the field, which is why the audio is in the less fabulous range. And, you know, I get up and the battery, I decide, you know, I'm going to go to town tomorrow, but I, for whatever reason, oh, I turned the car, I tried to turn the car on because there was, something was making a noise. It was clicking and I didn't know what it was and I couldn't get it to turn off. So I thought, well, I'll just turn, see if the battery uh, turn the car on and see if it will stop when the car turns on. And that was totally dead. Nothing started. I'm like, okay. So that becomes the process of how do I solve the problem that I have a dead battery? And so, you know, I got a jump. I got to town. Uh, they checked the battery. They said it was okay after it got charged. It's about a 30 minute drive in. So it was charged up. And he said, well, it reads like it's okay. And I decided to leave it in and buy a new battery because, you know, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere in the desert and I didn't want to get stuck. But in the meantime, you know, I have been on a journey of understanding car batteries and what's the normal voltage and parasitic drain and fuses and hook and unhook and what's normal. And what my experience has been is that in this tiny range of what should be very concrete information, like what's the best uh, rate for your battery, what's normal to drain off, there's no consistency. You know, 12.6 volts is the consistent number of uh, what you want your battery to be. But there's this all other conversation about what's normal parasitic drain and what's not, meaning, uh, you know, your car's electronics are pulling on your battery, even if the car's not on. Uh, somehow you're supposed to have parasitic drain, which is normal, but you're not ever supposed to lose any voltage, which makes no sense to me. And so, uh, you know, this will damage your alternator. That will damage this. You can't have this. You should do that. Here you need to buy this trickle charger and that will solve all your problems. Uh, you know, there's this whole humongous conversation about optimum levels on the battery, uh, you know, and there's this tiny little range, right? So 12.6 is perfect. 12.2 uh, is the lowest you want to go. 
Uh, somehow the battery is never supposed to move around in between that and uh, and everybody has an opinion about this tiny little range of 12.2 to 12.6. And what's fascinating is between that tiny little range, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, 100% charge down to fully dead, fully discharged. So it's an exhausting process on something that should be very simple and concrete. And instead of just asking one person like we used to, or just taking it and getting it fixed, uh, you know, for those of you like me who have to embark on a information gathering process, there's too much information, there's too many experts, there's too many con- competing ideas to the point where you just don't even know what's true and what's real. And this is about a stupid car battery. And I'm thinking, you know, I never thought about this stuff. I would, my car could sit for four months and it would just start up. Uh, I never spent any time and energy on how many volts and was I damaging the alternator and blah, 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 blah. Now I'm like super paranoid. Like, is this too much? Is my alternator screwed up? You know, I'm having all these stupid conversations about something I never thought about because as long as my car was cranking, right, I didn't worry about it. You can tell, right, when your battery is getting low, you just go in and you get a new one and that's the end of it. And who knew it was so complicated? And so if I haven't lost you by now, we'll get off the battery. But that's the way it is with so many things is that we're being bombarded like pinballs with this constant trying to capture our attention and more and more shock and more and more specialization and more and more niche and more and more like I'm right and you need to pay attention to this and you should be worried and look at all these things that are happening and and they're important things, right? If I'm in, you know, Ohio or I'm downstream from the chemical spill, these are important things. I need to know about this. But we can't know about everything all the time. And this constant assault as there's more and more information gathered about how to control our thinking and grab our attention, as there's more and more information gathered about how to get to people and what their particular information gathering process is, which is what's all this online data collection. It's all the AI. It's learning about how to groom us so that we move into the direction of the people who are making those decisions about wanting to take control. And at the end of the day, it's exhausting, right? Like, I don't know what to think about. I don't want to think about it. I just want to zone out. Uh, What's important did I miss anything? What if I don't pay attention? What if something bad happens because I wasn't paying attention, right? So like I was the other day, like I wasn't paying attention and somehow my battery drained out and now I'm in the middle of the desert. And, you know, the good news is I am parked, was parked somewhere and parked somewhere where there's other people, but I spent some time parked uh, in a place where there was no people, you know, I had to walk, would have had to walk three to four miles to find a human being and then try to talk them into coming all the way back into this dirt road in the middle of nowhere uh, to get my battery started. So it is such a complex time 
and there's so much fear being generated, I wanted to just take a moment and do that touchstone thing, to just take a breath and refocus about what is important, what is it that we need to know, and how much of this noise can we tune out so that we don't feel like we're getting thrashed around by the pinball and we are not being groomed because we're we're abdicating our responsibility for understanding how we collect information and managing that. And by that, I mean as if you know that you are uh, whatever way you gather information, if you understand how you're doing that, you can start to pay more attention about how you want to manage that versus oversaturation. You know, so for me, the way I manage that is I can't be around a lot of people because I'm taking in so much information from other people. I work so hard processing that it exhausts me. And so I have to stay separate. Otherwise, I'm exhausted all the time. Uh, For somebody who is very verbal, right, you would be listening to maybe a lot of podcasts or a lot of interviews or reading, you'd become oversaturated. And so maybe that would be something you needed to cut back on. Uh, If you're a visual, right, how much video are you watching? How many pictures are you looking at? Uh, How many experiences are you exposing yourself to, maybe you need to step back and move into one of the other ones that isn't your dominant. Uh, And that's really how we manage ourselves versus being jerked around like a pinball. It's sort of the conscious versus the unconscious. It's the intentional versus the just not, uh, just being, uh, you know, just not paying attention and just being thrust around. Uh, And that's how you get groomed, right? Because there's all kinds of people that are interested. Not all of it's nefarious. Some people just want your money. Some people just want your attention. Some people want your time, right? So what is it that's pulling at you that maybe isn't in your best interest because we're so overwhelmed? with good intentions, right? The good intention is I need to know what's happening out in the world because I'm caring and compassionate. But the the results for all of it is it's just too much. There's too much happening for everyone, everywhere, and all at once, and we just can't. And so, you know, I'm just at a point where I'm feeling wildly oversaturated with the the amount of data that's going out there. And I, you know, I struggle because I'm like, I'm just now part of the problem. I am contributing more information, more content, more stuff to think about, right? Because I'm coming at you in an audio form. And those who will be most responsive to it are those who are people who think by listening to words. Uh, If you're a visual person, then you don't get anything from this format. Uh, And if you're a feeling person, uh, hopefully you can still listen, but you're listening to feel what I'm talking about. And we're all taking information in, and then we're using those words to decide what they mean to us. And it might be different than my personal intention. You know, if I say something like grooming, that will mean different things to different people. 
uh, you know, the nice thing about the pinball example is that that's not something that we've all been exposed to over and over and over and over and over again, like left, right, red, blue, uh, conservative, liberal, right? So those, those repetitive words, they have very established neural pathways and they are creating uh, a grooming effect whether we want to or not. But if we can step back and sort of visually or verbally or feeling, imagine a pinball wizard, right? It's very good for your brain because now you're creating a unique neural imprint, right? You're creating something new that that you probably haven't thought about. And that's so refreshing for your brain. It's like seeing and smelling a new flower you've never seen before or a new taste you've never had before. It's it's a joy to be experiencing something new because your brain is probably or your mind is exhausted with all these repetitive fear things over and over and over and over again, 99% of which you can't control. And that's the point distract you, pull you around, jerk your emotions, confuse your thoughts, oversaturate your visual images. So it's less important how we're processing all this information, I think. And what's more important is that there's just so much information to process that regardless of our nervous system response, being conscious of the fact that most of us are in the pinball machine being groomed, whether we want to or not, because we're responsible citizens that are trying to survive and take care of ourselves and the people we care about. And the whole world has become a great big pinball machine. It's very difficult. Even if you're like me and you're out in the middle of nowhere, I'm still looking at the phone. I'm still tapping into the chaos. Whereas uh, if I really was hardcore about this, I'd just turn everything off, right, and go totally disconnect. But I can't because I am curious. So my nervous system wants excitement. It wants danger, uh, but not physically, right? I'm just on the outskirts of it. Although I have to tell you the thought of being... I thought, God, what if I was like literally out in the middle of nowhere, there was no people and I had a dead battery and I was out of water. That was the other thing. I mean, that was why I had planned on going to town. I was like one day's worth of water left. I thought this would be really bad and I'm stupid. What am I thinking? <laughs> so it's a, uh, you know, it's a crazy world and uh, there's no answers. And so I wanted to just create that image for you, that global grooming, which is what's happening to all of us right now, creating those neural pathways of chaos and uncertainty and discomfort and fear. And it feels, looks, sounds like, to me, being jerked around in a pinball machine where we just have no control. But thank God, at some point, the day is over and we go back through that, you know, at the bottom of the machine, right, where those two little levers are, where you can't hit the button and shoot yourself back out. Eventually, you go back into the holding place until you have to wait your turn, and the ball gets released back into the chaos. And to me, uh, you know, that's the, the time you can regroup, 
where you can take a breath. You can make decisions about what you really want your life and your day to be about. And, you know, all of this that I'm describing is just so hard on our nervous system. It doesn't matter which one is your primary. It doesn't matter how you process information. What we all have in common isn't what we think about or how we think about it, but rather the fact that we're being corralled into thinking about and experiencing and feeling and listening to and watching all this chaos, this uncontrolled, constant, uncertain chaos that 99% of it is fear-based. And that, when you step away from it, is part of the grooming process. And it's a moment of time that's never existed before. Never in our history have we as individuals been able to know so much about so many things all around the world. And there's all kinds of awesome positives about that. And there's also all kinds of negatives around that. And we're in a moment where it is being intentionally used to try to corral us into behaving in a way that maybe we wouldn't have done it 10 years ago. But now we have so much fear and so much distrust because even with the best intentions, with all these people, you know, myself included, uh, throwing more and more and more information And that's really, to me, the power of the journaling. That's the purge process. So, you know, what I do every morning is I write all the junk, right? So everything that's in me that needs to get out, the mundane stuff, the things that nobody needs to know about, but I still write about uh, just to get it out. And then I can let it go. I can empty out some of the chaos and create space by just purging, by writing it down, by getting it out of me. Uh, And it's a a concrete, physical process. I'm not a big fan of audio journaling or digital journaling. Uh, I think the physical act of writing is more important. And, you know, I do a lot of pictures. One of my favorite things to do when I journal is I come up with the words, but then I draw symbols that match the words. So, you know, if you're a very visual person, you can do the same process of drawing pictures about how you, uh, what you're thinking about. And so there's no right or wrong way to journal. The, p- the point of journaling is to get that chaos, that uncertainty, uh, all that energy and focus out of you so that there's room. And then you can make better decisions for the day about what you want to move forward to think about, to feel, to look at, right? And maybe you don't want to do any of it. Like we all need breaks. We all need time where it's just quiet and there's nothing, right? I don't know how many of you do that, but that's, I don't allow, even, you know, out in the middle of nowhere with nothing, nothing, right? I can hardly do anything because I don't, you know, I'm just in the truck in the middle of the desert. Even then I have very little time where I just sit in quiet and don't do anything. And a lot of that is because of the dog where I have to actually look at her. I can't just 
turn away because then she's gone. (laughs) So she demands a lot of time and attention. But I love those really quiet, still, no wind, which is almost never, moments. There's just such a deep stillness that happens. It's so... uh, there's a deep resonance for me that I really like. And it's this complete stepping out of the chaos. It's not meditation. It's it's just, you know, I guess if you wanted to term it in mindfulness, right? It's that stepping away, just not thinking, not doing, not speaking, not processing, not moving. Just that really deep stillness. And to me, that's the touchstone. That's the moment where it all coalesces, it all comes back into like the center before you get released back into the nightmare of the pinball, you know, which is whatever we have to think about for the day, all the errands, the things we have to take care of, uh, in a world, like we have a plan, right? And then we, the, we're the ball and the ball gets pulled back and we shoot out into the next 24 hours of our day with one plan and then life has a whole nother plan for us and to me it feels a lot like a pinball machine where I'm just being thrashed around from one thing to the next not anything I want whether it's just news or uh, weather or car batteries or dog stuff or whatever it just feels very chaotic Uh, Most days, you know, things that aren't on my list to do, but are bouncing me around, right? Saying, you know, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, right? One of the things the dog does that drives me crazy is she, uh, you know, she likes to chase. She doesn't like to chase her ball. She likes to wave her ball or frisbee or stick or whatever in front of me and have me chase her. But when she's ready to go, she picks up whatever her toy is and then she rubs it on my leg. And of course, it's filthy, dirty. And of course, you know, I can't hardly wash my clothes. And so I can't stand it when she picks it up and she that's how she wants to get my attention. You've seen her in the videos, right? And she rubs me with the dirty toy trying to get my attention. Pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. And, uh, you know, I was like, please stop putting that dirty toy all over me. And so, you know, that's what life is, right? Pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. And if we're not paying attention, if we don't understand how we're gathering our information, whether we're using words, pictures, feelings, whatever, right? If we're not paying attention to what we're too comfortable with, right? Hating people, judging people, being afraid of situations, right? If if we're constantly in that neuro pathway that's so comfortable, right, that we don't have to think, right? We can just scoot down it without a lot of effort. We're just being groomed so easily into these places that most of us would never have agreed to at a certain point in time. Something's happened to us, right? And so I think the most powerful thing we can do is to step back and step out and recognize that it isn't important at the end of the day what all the information is. But what is important is that we remind ourselves it's our job, our responsibility to manage it versus somebody or something outside of us trying to manage it for us. So 
Uh, that's my takeaway for the day is that it's so easy to let the day just get away from you. And it's so easy to, to get lost in all the chaos and all the uncertainty of a pinball machine just being bounced around. Uh, and the reality is that in the highest levels, the pinball wizard is grooming us to go in a direction that we may not really want to go in. And it's only by taking those times of the day when we're not being bounced around to remind ourselves who we want to be in control. We cannot manage the uncertainty. It will come at us whether we want it to or not. There's just too much going on out in the world. But to remind ourselves every single day that we get to decide how we want to feel about it, what we want to think about it, uh, what we want to say about it. And do we want to keep repeating what we have in the past? Do we want to live in that ravine of the same thought over and over and over again? Or are we open to something new? And that's my hope here with you is to create maybe a new pathway, a new way to think about these things, a new way to process old information. I don't know if we'll all get there, but that's been my path. It's always to be asking the question, yes, but, right, to move forward into a road that hasn't been explored, a journey that hasn't been taken, and it's uncomfortable, and it's full of uncertainty, and it's like constantly being in a pinball machine, but I'm throwing myself into it as opposed to being thrown into it over and over again, and that's really the difference. Uh, and and that is more of a wired for danger person. That is someone who likes the unknown more than the endlessly comfortable. Although I have to tell you, there's a lot of positive about comfort and predictability. So it's not the absence of, but it's just recognizing who we are, what we want, and how we want to navigate the world. But for today, I just wanted to create that image of uh, being a pinball in a pinball machine, being orchestrated by a pinball wizard, <sighs> pushing us in a direction we may not want to go in and how we want to respond to that. So deep breath, my friends. I hope you have a fabulous day. And with that, I will hopefully, because now the generator's not working either. <laughs> I'm having a power issue. The car doesn't want to work. The generator doesn't want to work. Blah, 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 blah. So with that, I will hopefully, which may or may not be soon, see you next time.